I'm going to read again Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 23, and I'm going to try to be mindful that this is uh, Children and Youth Sunday, so I'm going to try to keep it down to about two and a half hours. <laughs> Make sure y'all still listening, y'all still out there, amen. All right, Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 23, here is the word of the Lord once again. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful. I want to put a tag on this text again and preach from the subject, faithful, faithful. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to minister in your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence on today. We again reiterate, this is the day that you have made. And Father, we rejoice and we're overwhelmed and grateful for all that you have done and are doing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. Faithful, faithful. Our Historical hero for today is Moses, born to Aram, Amram, and Jochebed, born as a captive of Egypt amidst a partial genocide of all Hebrew-born boys, Moses. And yet while living as a captive in a foreign land, Moses' parents chose to be faithful. Oh, somebody type faithful in the comment section. Faithful, faithful. Beloved, are you choosing to be faithful in your difficulty? Are you choosing God's way over your way or even the world's way? Faithful. Are you making decisions to weigh the costs and choosing the weightier matters of faith over the lighter matters of convenience? faithful. Moses in our text was born into a faithful family who exercised crazy faith and who laid a foundation for him to respond to God. Watch this, by faith. I'm going to say that one more time. He was born into a faithful family who exercised crazy faith and who laid a foundation for him to respond to God by faith. Faith, by faith, mama, daddy, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, we are called to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. So, so that our faithful response to life will be caught and sought by those who follow us faithful. I want to ask this question. Is there anybody in the house who grew up in a faithful home? And like Paul said, I, I remember of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Is there anyone in the house whose grandmother prayed all night long? Anybody in the house that can testify that mama, daddy ain't fanning him ensured that you were exposed to the things of faith? If you grew up in a faithful home, type in the comment section, faithful, faithful, faithful. It's up to us. As, as parents and guardians and grandparents to ensure that our children are raised up in a faithful home. Faithful home. The volume just went down. They say the volume went down. Faithful, faithful home. Today's passage is extracted from the Old Testament narrative found in Exodus chapter 2. 
Exodus chapter 2. Going to go back to Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to read this whole thing so that we can continue to work on the sound. Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. That's Amram and Jochebed. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Let's keep reading. Verse 5, Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds, sent her slave girl, took it, opened it, and saw him, the child. And there was a little boy crying. She felt sorry for him and said, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, should I go and call a Hebrew woman who is nursing to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse him for me and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. What a wonderful, phenomenal story. So in, in this text, we've got uh, a, a beautiful boy, born under the threat of death and ultimately destined to deliver. Y'all, I'm preaching already. We have a, a beautiful boy, says the text, born under the threat of death. Pharaoh had an edict. Any Hebrew boy born was to be placed on the Nile at birth and ultimately destined to deliver. Beloved, how do you get what's in your child, out of your child. When there is a bounty upon your child, you know how? By being faithful. I think you missed it. How do you get what's in your child out of your child when there is a bounty upon your child? Here is the answer, by being faithful. Hmm, let me pause just a moment in this, in this message to uh, insert a sermon within a sermon. Family, there is still a bounty upon the heads of our children. The enemy and rulers of this world are hell-bent upon destroying our babies before they've had a chance to live. And while we're living our best life, the enemy is sucking the very life out of our children's lives. Beloved, we must pay attention to our children. Oh, God, I'm feeling this already. Verse 23, I'm back in Hebrews. It said, by faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they did not fear the king's edict. Uh, I got two main points for today. Two points, y'all. Two main points. Y'all stay with me. I got two. Here's the first one. 
Moses came to faith because of a faithful family. Please get that down. Get that down, beloved. Moses, Moses, Moses came to faith because of a faithful family. The text says, by faith, Moses was hidden. Oh, please underline that in your scriptures. Highlight that on your Bible app. Moses was hidden. This, this verb is passive, meaning something was done to Moses. Oh, God. Uh, Moses did not do it. It was done to him. Pastor Bob, what, what are you saying? Here it is. Faith was done to Moses. Oh, child of God, I need you to catch that. Faith was done to Moses. Moses was hidden. Oh, the faithfulness of his parents caused them to exercise faith on behalf of their newborn son. Faith was done to Moses. Oh, but if we stack the Exodus narrative on top of the Hebrew narrative, Hebrews narrative, we can add not only do we discover that Moses was hidden, but we also discovered that Moses was placed. <laughs> Look at verse 3. I'm going back to Exodus. Exodus says, but, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it, set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. She placed the child in it. Listen, he was hidden, then Noah was placed. Oh, I'm feeling this by myself. Faith was done to Moses. And in the fullness of time, under the sovereignty of God, Moses was found, saved, and ultimately returned to his own mother for nursing. Y'all give God a hand of praise right there. See, when we function faithfully, we'll discover some unusual blessings are attached. Oh, so when we, when we parent in a God-honoring manner, we'll discover some grace gifts that are unimaginable. Here's the question. How, how do you place your child on the Nile and still nurse him by nightfall? <laughs> I'll tell you how, by faith. Y'all missed it. How do you place your child on the Nile and still nurse him by nightfall, by faith? Moses, Moses came to faith. How? Oh, because of a faithful, faithful family. Look back at your text. Look at verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months, because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the edict, the edict of the king. <sighs> so we discover here that Moses' parents saw beyond what they saw. Oh, I'm not trying to use a word play. I want you to catch this. They saw beyond what they saw. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? They, they saw with eyes of faith. That's, that's his whole message, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. 
He was beautiful. He was healthy. He was whole. Moses' parents saw beyond his beauty and caught a glimpse of his destiny. Oh, preach, Pastor Brown. They, they, they saw beyond his beauty and caught a glimpse of his destiny. Oh, God, mama. Daddy, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, we must see our children, their beauty, and we must also peek into their destiny. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. And when we peek, we must impart into, we must impart faith into their lives so that they can eventually see it for themselves. Moses' parents saw something in him that compelled them to rebel. Oh, please get that. Get that. There, 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 there was an edict. There was an edict. There was an edict from, from, from the Pharaoh. He said any, any male Hebrew child born was to be placed upon the Nile at birth. Moses' parents saw something in him that compelled them to rebel. I'm still in verse 23. It says, and they didn't fear the king's edict. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. They, they saw beyond what they saw. Yes, they saw his beauty, but they, they also caught a glimpse of his destiny. Secondly, in this first point, they, they stood, here it is, they stood against evil based upon their faith. Oh, please get that down. Get that down. They, they, they stood against evil based upon their, their faith. Here's another question. What are you scared of? I mean that sincerely, beloved. What, what, what are you scared of? What, what are you afraid of? Why is it that as parents we have become so passive? so permissive. Even the world has a mantra that, that declares, see something, say something. But yet we've become so permissive and passive. Beloved, don't you allow the evil of the culture or the fear of retribution keep you from parenting your child faithfully. Moses' parents faced certain death. Yet the text says they didn't fear the king's edict. Y'all, I'm almost finished. Just stay with me. They didn't fear the king's edict. Here's, here's a principle I want you to take home with you. Faith enables you to stand. Oh, God, I wish I had some parents around uh, uh, their television or around their devices to just stand up in solidarity. Faith enables you to stand. I'm about to lose several of you right now when I say this, but I got to say it. You're going to turn me off. I'm going to wipe my head and sip water before I say it so I get a few more seconds out of your viewership. Here it is. Mm-mm-mm-mm. When we fail to stand when they're babies, we won't be able to stand when they're adults. When we fail to stand 
when they're babies. We won't be able to stand when they're adults. Our voice will have no weight. Our witness will have no power. Our presence will have little impact. Mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, now is the time for you to stand in courage. Now is the time for you to, in a loving way, speak into the life of your child. Now is the time for if you see something, say something. Watch this, speaking the truth in love. And if you don't know how to say it, find somebody who can say it better than you can say it. But this is not the time to give up on a generation who needs us. Stop giving them everything they want without some accountability. Parents, stand regardless of the culture so that we can redeem a generation. First point, first point, Moses came to faith because of a faithful, a faithful family. Moses' parents saw beyond what they saw. Yes, they saw his beauty, but they ultimately saw his destiny. And they stood against evil based upon their faith. Here's the second movement, final movement, second and final movement. Here it is. Moses chose faith over fortune. Ah, Moses chose faith over fortune. The text infers that Moses saw the Messiah coming and chose to be faithful for the glory of God. Moses knew the promise that would be fulfilled, and he lived his life in the present in light of the future. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody up in here as simple as I can. Look at verse 24. We're still in the text. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Verse 26, for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. Oh, y'all, that's some, that's some strong theology up in there. The text says, by faith, Moses refused, watch this, dot, 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 and chose to suffer. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that speaks of how you live your life. Moses gave up, watch this. He gave up fortune. He gave up fame. He didn't want to be up under the authority of Pharaoh, so he, he withdrew. He, he pulled himself out of it so that he could maintain, watch this, his faithful relationship with the people of God. Moses said, uh, when, when history is revealed, I want to be found on the side of God Almighty because Moses could see that someone was coming. 
Oh God, is there a witness in the house that can testify that someone is coming? He's not coming the first time for Moses. He's coming the second time for us. The scripture has affirmed that Jesus Christ is coming back. Oh God, give God some praise right there. Come on, right where you are. Come on, give, give God some praise. By faith, Moses refused and chose to suffer. The Hebrew writer maintains this theme of our faithful fathers and mothers seeing beyond. Choosing faith, faith in the promised one over the pleasures right now. Oh, that's, I'm going to get to my last two points, but I, I got to press this. Y'all, we are so determined to experience all that we can, all that our hearts can imagine, all that we're big and brave and bad enough to do, all at the cost of those who follow after us. But Moses, Moses understood how valuable his witness was. And he was not going to allow temporary pleasure to take the place of future glory. Two things about Moses and I'm done, I promise. Two things, first is this, Moses chose to suffer. Y'all stay with me, stay with me. Moses chose, it, it was a decision, it was, it was a choice. What did suffering look like for Moses? Well, number one, he gave up the name. I've already read to you from Exodus that he was adopted into Pharaoh's house. He was, he was brought up under. Uh, he was given to Pharaoh's daughter. He gave up the name. And that name, that relationship, it, it was in proximity to privilege and access. What are you saying, Pastor? What is it that perhaps we need to let go of? What is it that we're holding on to that's really holding us back to becoming all that God has created, saved, and called us to be? Maybe the Lord is speaking to you right now. But Moses is giving us an example of the choice to suffer. He chose to suffer, gave up this name, gave up the privilege, gave up the access, and he chose to walk with his own people. Moses, I cannot be in this, this, this palace. I cannot be in, in this paradise when, when my people are in so much pain. Now, I'm not telling you to give up your house. I ain't telling you to sell your car. Don't, don't trip. But there is a way for us in 2021 to walk with those people who are suffering. Let me tell you something. What it really means is this. We have to, first of all, choose to see the people. 
Some of us have to begin that. We've become so jaded. We've, we've become so cynical that we don't even see suffering people anymore. And you know your mama raised you better. You know your daddy raised you better. You know big mama raised you better than that, than to just overlook people who are suffering. I've held you too long. I've held you too long. Moses, Moses, Moses teaching us in the second point that he chose faith over fortune. Moses chose to suffer. But then secondly and finally, in the second point, Moses chose Christ. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't make it up. It's right there. It's right there in the text. It says, for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. See, Moses way, way back then knew of the promise of the Messiah and he chose Christ and, and the ridicule, the rebuke, the reproach of siding with his people, but understanding that through his people, the lineage of, of, of his people, the one would be born to redeem them and all of humanity. Moses chose Christ. Since Moses looked to Christ, the promised Messiah, his choice in the present meant reproach and suffering in the present. I'm finished. I, I promise I'm finished. Please, y'all play softly. I'm finished. But I need for you to hear me what I say. We need to make some serious choices. If it's one thing I've discovered, if it's one thing I have witnessed here recently, is the need for us to make better choices. Of course, I would use this as a commercial break for my book club, Better Choices. <laughs> but even greater than that, even greater than that. Y'all, our choices have consequences. And that ultimately determines the quality of our lives. Parents, I'm still talking to you. It is important that we create an environment for our young people, for our children, so that they can grow up in a situation where faith is fostered. And I don't even think we're past brown. They're, they're so big now. They're so whatever. It doesn't matter. If they're still under your roof, then they're still under your authority. Well, Pastor, I've wasted so much time and I've just messed up and, and I just, I don't know. Listen, it's never too late. As long as there is life, there is hope. Are y'all feeling me? Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians. It's all of our responsibility to ensure that these young ones grow up in a faithful environment 
So what's your takeaway for today's message? What is it that you need to begin doing today? I don't want to give you all the answers because your situation, these situations vary from house to house. But one of the things that we've been working diligently on is creating an environment where the word of God is, is appreciated. Let your kids read a devotion. Start two or three days a week. Ask them what is the Lord speaking to them from the verse. It'll help them in, in interpreting scripture. Let them lead in prayer. Come on, y'all. Let them hear you pray over them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how old they are. They're under your roof. Hey, that's your house. Come on. Pull them closer in. They say the organ is a little louder than me. Pull them closer in. Bring that organ down some. Pull them closer in. Bring them in. They're probably waiting on you to bring them closer in. Yes, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. But just do it by faith. Be faithful. Grandparents, it ain't too late. As a matter of fact, grandparents, y'all have more influence in some instances than parents. Come on, grandparents. Come on, aunts and uncles. Let's surround these young people. Let's let them know that we see something beautiful in them. But beyond their beauty, we're catching glimpses of their destiny.